it's down three. Should the Bulls foul? No. Anthony for three. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode three of the Locked In Podcast. I'm Ani. I am Shri, and we're glad you could turn out and listen to us. Um, this has been a big weekend for us. We'd like to thank everyone that's that's been listening and have been following the Instagram, Spotify, Apple Music pages. We're actually we're close to 100 followers on Instagram now and 100 listeners overall on Spotify. So thank you. We appreciate all of that. Every single follow and listen means a lot to us. Um, we're going to be donating soon to help the emergency workers and healthcare workers for getting PPE, masks, any other supplies. So yeah, thank you all. Thank you all for that. Yeah, just once again, really want to thank you guys for every single listen. All the feedback you guys give to us means a lot. And a lot of my friends have reached out to us talking about our controversial hot takes with regards to the NBA one-on-one bracket, a lot of people don't believe Devin Booker is a, a top three scorer in the league. People seem to forget he may have, you know, he, he dropped 70 points. I think but those, I think those it, people are right. No, they're not right. But <laughs> in general, I want to thank you guys for listening. Please tell us what type of content you'd like to hear next. Again, we just, we're bored. We're having fun with this. Uh, and we just want to entertain you guys. So, Whatever you guys have in mind, please let us know. And again, thank you guys for all the support with following the Instagram page and following our Spotify and Apple Music pages. It really means a lot, and we know this money is going to good use. We encourage you guys to donate as well. I know this is a trying time for everybody, but especially for the medical medical workers that are on the front lines. So we really encourage you guys to donate. Do as much as you can to help those who are putting their lives at risk to save other people. So once again, thank you guys so much. And, uh, you know, with this coronavirus situation, uh, we also want to start this episode in our, in our new segment with some heavier news, a couple of serious things. Carl Anthony Towns, the basketball player on the Minnesota Timberwolves, his mom is currently in a medically induced coma, I believe, mm-hmm. due to coronavirus. And his father is also tested positive for coronavirus. So Carl Anthony Towns over the last few days has been very adamant on trying to tell people, trying to tell his followers, the NBA community, and overall people in general that, you know, this threat is serious. It's a real threat to please stay inside and to quarantine everybody. So, yeah, that, you know, just want to start off with that heavy news, get that out of the way, support for Carl Anthony's uh, town's parents and support for everybody that's going through this, this great trial of life right now. You know, everybody stay healthy, wash your hands, stay inside. Word, word. You think about when... When we think of NBA players and just athletes in general, we kind of hold them at this pedestal. Like they're superhuman. They don't. They're not ordinary people like us. We we look up to them kind of as our idols, our, our role models, just more than what a normal human really thinks of themselves or is capable of. But then you see, you see COVID nineteen affecting just all facets of life. Whether it's it's uh, NBA players, uh, Marcus Smart, Rudy Gobert, players like that, and then. You see Carl Anthony Towns' post, you see how it's affecting his family, tearing him apart. And his number one thing right now is just informing all of us that we have to be on top of this. We have to treat this like it's more than just the flu. It's more than just any other ordinary disease. And he's right. This virus is tough. We just all have to do our part, no matter how big, how small. Every little thing matters. And yeah, we just have to keep being vigilant, keep listening to authorities and doing the right thing. Yeah, and also in other NBA coronavirus news, Doris Burke of ESPN, a very famous broadcaster and journalist, has also tested positive for coronavirus, for COVID-19. She's on the path to recovering. She's feeling a lot better, but she came out with her story a few days ago. I encourage you guys to check it out. Um, she, you know, she She's someone who travels a lot, especially for the NBA. She was a broadcaster for the NBA games on ESPN. So she has a story that... I think a lot of you might find interesting of the symptoms that she developed and she's a great journalist, a great broadcaster. So sending love and support to her, to Carlton Towns' parents, to everyone affected by this. And I know that you guys might be tired of hearing about this. It's consuming our lives. It's all anyone talks about on the news, but it's important. And we hope that when you guys are self-quarantining, when you guys are staying inside and 
social distancing, when you guys are listening to this podcast, that you guys keep that in the back of your mind because I think it is something that's important to keep in the back of your mind. Yeah. But at the same time, we want to entertain you guys. So that's what the rest of this podcast is for. Hopefully, we can take your mind away from the coronavirus for an hour or so. Yep. And just wanted to add one thing about Doris. Insane thing is like, yeah, she's feeling better. And the first thing that she's come out and said is that she wants to donate blood. She wants to she wants to help with the research, kind of um, get some more headway on finding a vaccine, finding out how we can beat this. So props to her for still having that mindset. Good for her. Definitely. Yeah. So once again, sorry to bring that up, but we have to. There's literally no other NBA news almost no NBA news, but it's important that we, we know, especially you sports fans that are listening to this, that it's affecting everybody around us, including people that, you know, are some of the, the greatest athletes in the world. So we didn't take this seriously. But again, the rest of this podcast should be purely for entertainment. We have a great topic today. We're going to be discussing the top 10 sports movies or TV shows. Uh, we want to try and broaden our, our horizons and talk about things that everybody might might watch or might like. So that's coming up. But we also have some other news mainly with the MLB. So, Shri, you want to start off with that? Yeah, so the MLB Players Association and Major League Baseball agreed to a deal. And um, for all you baseball fans out there, MLB is preparing for the possibility of a very shortened season if there is a season at all. Um, According to Jeff Passan of ESPN, they're planning on fronting the payroll. So the owners will advance players $170 million for April and May. And if there's no season, that money will be kept by the players, which is giving them that that guaranteed contract money for whatever they had through April and May. And the most important thing for the players is that in the now looking slightly more likely scenario of no 2020 season, they're going to get full service time, which means players like Mookie Betts, Trevor Bauer, Marcus Stroman, JT Real Muto, and all the other f- players who are going to be free agents in November, regardless of whether games are played, they're they're going to be free agents. So think about this for like the Dodgers. Like everyone thought they fleeced the Red Sox getting a a former MVP Mookie Betts, one of the best players in baseball. But now with no season full service time, Betts is going to be a free agent at the end of the season, which means the Red Sox could sign him next season or something else, something crazy could happen. So a lot of implications with this new deal and coronavirus affecting major league baseball. Do you have any thoughts on What's happening here? Yeah, I think it's it's good that the MLB is being supportive of their players. I know a lot of people have have been supportive of their players in all the leagues, but people are criticizing, especially some NBA owners, who players are stepping up and paying for workers at the stadiums. Um, you know, these hourly workers who won't necessarily, who, not necessarily, who won't get paid at all if if there's no games. Players are stepping up, so people are criticizing these billion-dollar owners. So I'm happy that the MLB is actually stepping up and trying to support us players. Their season isn't even underway yet, and there's a big chance it might get canceled, unlike the NBA, whose season was underway. So players at least earned money during this season. So I think it's important for the MLB to support their players, which they are. I think each owner should also support the workers at the ballpark. I think that's also incredibly important. People forget that these sports leagues are huge ecosystems that employ hundreds of thousands of workers across the United States and in Canada. So I think it's important that these owners who, for the most part, are multi-billionaires, are able to take some money out of their own pockets for go profits in a time like this and support people that really need it, these hourly wage workers. I think it's also important to keep in mind from a baseball aspect that I, I do agree it's pretty crazy that Mookie Betts could be signed by the Dodgers and essentially never play a game for them this season. So that is a pretty crazy scenario and it actually might happen. So I hope that there are, you know, I hope that coronavirus and the situation in the United States specifically gets better. I hope that it gets better to a point where we're all functioning to a normal society again, but even if we're not to a point where they can play these games with no crowds present, as long as all players test negative for the coronavirus, Mm -hmm. um, that that would provide some entertainment in our lives. But we'll have to see. There were definitely factors like that as part of the deal as well, such as players only playing when there's no public safety to having these games being played with or without fans. And yeah, it's smart of MLB Players Association, smart of MLB, kind of keep everything in check. This is a very neutral agreement. Um, I think I think it's just the smart thing to do for baseball right now with the possibility of no season. So 
props to them for getting that done. I know you had some thoughts on some other news uh, moving to the NFL. We have the whole Cam Newton situation. Recently posted training with some gospel music playing in the background. Is this the Cam comeback where we expect? What do you think is happening with Cam? I think when any player trains the gospel music in the background, it's a dangerous thing. But especially when Cam Newton does so, I think it's even more dangerous. I think it's absolutely crazy that the Panthers cut Cam Newton, especially when he didn't want to be cut. Very confused as to why. Of course, they signed Teddy Bridgewater, but I still think Cam Newton, people said he lost his stuff. I think he's still going to be a top 15 quarterback this year if he gets drafted by the right, not drafted, sorry, if he gets signed by the right team. So I still think he has a lot left in him. He's an incredibly smart quarterback still. So I think the Panthers at the end of the season, if it does happen, will regret giving up Cam Newton. And I really hope he goes to a team that, that that's a good fit for him, a team like the Chargers potentially. <laughs> I know I'm a Chargers fan, and I might be a little bit biased here. Definitely don't want Tyrod Taylor leading our franchise. But I think Cam Newton could be a good fit on that team. So one thing with Cam, he's been hit way more than any other quarterback, whether it's the backfield on the run. Um, I have an analogy for you. Do you think Cam Newton is like the Derrick Rose of NFL? Had a really strong year MVP run that one year but since then he just hasn't been the same player yeah I think it's a bit different because in the NFL it's not necessarily Cam Newton's fault it might be the Panthers organization's fault for giving them a truly terrible offensive line and just not protecting their quarterback in the situation of Derek Rose not to say that his wounds are self-inflicted but it's just bad luck but I, I do agree with you that's a pretty good analogy and I feel really bad for Derek Rose and for Cam Newton Derek Rose is been trying to come back he's had a few all right seasons on the Timberwolves and on the Pistons really the past good year few with years the Pistons, so yeah. hopefully he will return to being a good player I don't think anyone that's gone through the things that he's gone through both physically and mentally can come back and be what we thought might be the next Michael Jordan in terms of how good he was on the Bulls when he won his MVP but I think there's a bigger chance that Cam Newton might come back to his full-fledged form because the quarterback position doesn't require as much mobility as the point guard position in the NBA if Cam Newton can choose to be more of a pocket passer, change his playing style a bit, doesn't have to be as physical and sacrifice his body for the game. And I still think he can be an extremely accurate quarterback that's a legitimate threat on a good team that understands his limited capabilities physically. So I think Cam Newton, unlike Derrick Rose, can come back and be super successful. Well, the problem with Cam has always been his accuracy. I think everything else about his game is... It's really good. You want that from your quarterback, like being tough, um, making making the right reads. Oftentimes, he'll he'll have his receivers downfield. He'll make the right play, but his accuracy has always been a concern. So I'm hoping he finally gets that good offensive line, has a chance to really prove the doubters that yeah, like this isn't this isn't a fluke. I was the best player in the NFL at one point. I can still return to that. He's only 30 years old, so I I do have high hopes for Cam. Yeah. I agree with you. I think also his receivers haven't given him that much help. I know he did have Calvin Benjamin the year that he won the MVP and the year he went to the Super Bowl. But if you watch the Super Bowl, I just watched a um, highlights from that Super Bowl a few days ago. A lot of his receivers were dropping passes. I think there was at least 15 or 20 drop passes I saw during that Super Bowl game. And those Super Bowl, like those drop passes could have changed the game. So I think in general, his, his receivers haven't been as good. So I think if you went to a team like the Chargers, I know I keep on bringing that up, but still, they have a great receiving core. People like Keenan Allen, who doesn't really drop passes, Hunter Henry, Mike Williams, pretty solid receiving core. There's a couple of teams that could be interested to have better receiving cores than the Panthers did when he was in his prime. So I think if he improves accuracy on his own time while training, at the same time have receivers that don't necessarily drop a lot of his passes, could be great for him during the next season. Facts? <laughs> I don't have anything to say to that. Yeah. All right. So you want to move on? Yes, let's move on to the next segment, which is our segment, Rank That. So this time we are ranking the best sports movies or TV shows. This is our own personal subjective opinion, as you will find out very <laughs> soon. Just some some brief description of what's going to happen. I haven't seen Shree's list. Shree hasn't seen my list. So we have no idea what we're about to say to each other. We're going to go, I'm going to say my 10 movie. He's going to say his number 10 movie. We're going to go down the list like that. There will be some arguments, but you're basically going to see parts of our personality 
shown out here by our favorite sports movies. So sure, you want to go ahead and talk about your the the tenth movie on your top ten sports TV shows and movies of all time. Yeah, I was gonna say let's switch it up this time. Let's just go uh, one position at a time. So we'll both just start with ten. We'll just go back and forth, have kind yep. of like rapid fire dialogue. We'll see how this goes. Um, yeah, and yeah, yeah, tenth movie. I have Airbud. A classic. Nice. Made the year before classic. I was born. 97. Iconic. Dog playing basketball. Alcoholic. Just complete idiot dude. Relies on this dog to like move up in the ranks. Become a real, a real, real basketball player. I think th- this dog is probably, probably an urban legend at this point amongst all Hoopers. At least born in like the time frame we were i don't know if the young ones know about about airbud the same way but the pure hilarity of this movie got it in my top 10 yeah that 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 airbud is a great movie i have it on my list somewhere i'm not going to reveal where yet but i'm just i just want to say that i think it's a movie that can be enjoyed by all ages it's it's not only a movie that's great for kids, it's a bit scary for kids with the clown, the alcoholic clown. <laughs> Didn't really understand he was an alcoholic until I was older, but, you know, it was a great movie when I was a kid, very inspiring, you know, about a dog playing basketball. And when you get older, it turns into a comedy. <laughs> so it really has two different forms, one when you're a kid, one when you're older. And I think the movie's taken a life of its own. They have a couple sequels with, like, Airbud playing soccer, and they have, like, Airbud's kids doing other stuff. So it's a great, great movie. So... There's a lot of different, there there are a lot of sequels to Airbud where he's playing football and I don't even know what he does in the other ones, but I think this one is, this one is the classic. This is the, the OG, the one that started it all. The Space Jam of dog basketball movies. <laughs> <laughs> I think of all the, the, the mythos in terms of sports movies, in terms of franchises, Airbud is the best sports franchise of all time because I genuinely can't think of another movie or sort of movie series that have as many movies as the Airbud franchise. <laughs> it's basically the MCU of a sports movie. Yeah, MCU of sports movies, damn. Definitely. Yeah. All right, what do you got my, for 10? My number 10 movie was Miracle, uh, the Disney movie that came out in, I believe, 2004, mm. um, going after the Miracle on Ice, which happened, I believe, in 1984. Uh, no, the 1980 Winter Olympics. My apologies. So... Miracle Miracle is a movie about the 1980 Winter Olympics in which the underdog American team beat the mighty, bad, evil Soviet Union's hockey team in the Miracle on Ice in the Lake Placid Olympics. Um, Was a crazy moment in sports history and a pretty great movie. I I really like it. It's one that I watched as a kid. I've watched it again recently on Disney+. Plus. I I think it's a great movie. It has an 84% or 81%, sorry, on Rotten Tomatoes, so... Liked a lot better than most other sports movies. Has Kurt Russell in it. Love Kurt Russell. And I think in general, hockey movies, you don't see many of them. But the ones you do, this one is definitely at the cream of the crop. So I actually haven't seen this, but I do know the actual historical moment and the significance of that. Probably will check it out at some point. But yeah. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's on Disney Plus if you have that. But I think you should give it a watch. Um, It's not necessarily super, super accurate in terms of how exactly it happened. But... The gameplay is pretty close to how it actually happened. I think it's a pretty good movie. Sweet. So I actually have another hockey movie as my ninth one. I have the Mighty Ducks, 92 classic. Uh, I don't know if you've read the book, D2, the Mighty Ducks, but all time. I've watched the movie, D2, the Mighty Ducks, and the Mighty Ducks movie. Love them both. I will discuss the Mighty Ducks later on, but tell me why you like it so much. I just like youth hockey success. I don't know. There's a lot of feel-good moments of this movie. Um, kids basically have nothing, no practice equipment. Um, they're actually they're not skilled at all. They have very little actual hockey potential. And I don't know. For like this upstart young team, get some actual coaching, gets just levels up. I don't know. The, that final celebration where just all of the kids and their families just like run onto the ice... I think that's one of the better moments in sports movies. Definitely. I agree. Love that movie. I'll talk about it later on. My, my number nine movie is Dodgeball, a true understory, a, a true underdog story. Has a 70% Rotten Tomatoes, released in 2004. And 
I love the movie because I think it's hilarious. Dodgeball is a severely underrated sport. <laughs> one that I think almost everybody had to play in elementary or middle or high school at some point in time. But I think the movie is such a good comedy. It, it treats itself so much more seriously than other sports or other sports movies, but it's also a comedy. So like it understands its ridiculousness, has a great cast, Vince Vaughn, Ben Stiller. It's kind of become a cult classic in a sense, especially with regards to sports movies. It inspired ESPN The Ocho, oh. which I think is hilarious on its own. Me and you were talking about that tree. ESPN The Ocho aired, I believe, last weekend or no, this weekend mm-hmm. on Saturday, I think. So the world's electrician championship. So all that was inspired by this movie, Dodgeball, True Underdog Story, a movie that kind of grew bigger than what it actually is, which is crazy if you think about it. You know, this movie inspired. <laughs> I've seen this movie and funny thing about it. So I don't know if you've seen it on Instagram or something, but Tom Brady has like a dodgeball set up in his house or like he did in his New England, in his Boston house. But that was inspired by the movie we're talking about. So yeah, people love this movie. I know Tom Holland dressed up as like one of the characters. I think Vince Vaughn's character hit their team in this movie a few years ago for Halloween. It's a great movie. I think if you guys haven't watched this movie, check it out. It's hilarious. Everyone will love it. It's comedy that almost anyone can laugh at. It's not super dry. It's pretty funny and practical. And overall, just a great sports movie in general. Agreed. Agreed. So for my number eight, I have, I'm deviating from the movies. I have, I have a sitcom, unorthodox sitcom. It's called The League. So just, I don't, I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with this show, but basically the synopsis is set in Chicago. There's like six friends who are in a fantasy football league and the show pretty much follows that group of friends um their daily lives their work uh their families really really funny pete kevin rodney dr andre um there's a lot of different things like promotions for helping your boss figure out his fantasy team um tricking your friends who aren't really as good at fantasy into making bad trades it's it's pretty much the office of fantasy football i think and if you haven't watched this definitely check it out yeah, my roommate used to watch this all the time. So whenever I'd come home, I'd see it on and he'd be laughing and he doesn't even know that much about football. <laughs> Sorry, Kanal, if, if you're listening. Uh, but he found it hilarious and through him, I w- ended up watching most of, of the seasons. Very, very funny. Lots of NFL cameos on it too, which is hilarious. Uh huh. I always thought it was super cool. Yeah, NFL cameos. They had Snoop Dogg ones. They had Dana White from UFC. Um, who else? They had Keegan-Michael Key. Uh, Corbin Burnson, he's... I think J.J. Watt came on an episode, I believe, right? Yeah, J.J. Watt was on it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Chad, a really funny show. Chad Ochocinco uh, and, and Antonio Gates, your boy. He came uh, on it. My boy. Yeah. Crazy cameo yeah. list. I just Googled this. Um, Vernon Davis, Greg Jennings, Adrian Peterson, Deion Sanders. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a really funny show. You know, it's not necessarily straight up about sports. It's more of a comedy than anything, but it's a very funny show. And I really encourage you guys to watch it. It's super funny. Mm-hmm. All right, what's next? Yeah. So my number eight movie is one that I wish was higher, but, and I loved it when I watched it. I love it now. It's one of my all-time favorite movies, but like in terms of sports movies, I wouldn't necessarily rank it higher than the ones I have. It's Moneyball, the movie that the documents, the real life story of the Oakland A's and their general manager Billy Bean using sabermetrics, using numbers essentially to build them a great, historically great team out of what is considered the cheapest franchise in MLB history with probably the least payroll. So it's a great movie, stars Brad Pitt, stars Jonah Hill in one of his first serious acting roles, also stars Chris Pratt um, in one of his first acting roles that's you know a big movie and pretty serious as well showed that he could be more than just a funny guy and written by Aaron Sorkin honestly a great movie I love the music I love the movie watched with my dad in theaters it's about the Oakland A's so you know stole some bay pride in that but I think it's a great movie really well written Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill did an amazing job I know sure you love this movie because it's about the A's and it's about baseball and you know the sabermetrics and moneyball that it's implemented is copied around the league. It's why, you know, the Boston Red Sox won a few championships is purely because of this strategy. I love it. 
is just I some of the movies I have above this I'd I'd rather watch them than Moneyball. It's not a it's not a movie I can turn on anytime. I have to be in a mood for it. But man, it is a great it's a cinematic ma- cinematic masterpiece. Honestly, yeah, I'm gonna save Moneyball for much later. But you you hit it pretty Perfect. much on the head. Um, surprises it's that low for you, but to each his own. Yeah. All right. Um, what are we on seven? Yep. I have million dollar arm. Um. I saw this in theater with my family, and then I rewatched it a couple days back. Actually, completely forgot about this, but reminded me what a good movie it was. Um, there is a sports agent, JB, and his partner Ash, and they have their own company, and they're they're struggling for a while. And one of their one of their strategies is to go to India and realize that there's a lot of untapped baseball talent there. So they go to their boss and tell them their proposal. They head to India, set up like a pitching contest for all the different cities across the country. Um, find two guys, Rinku and Dinesh. And from there, the goal is pretty much getting those two players a tryout with the major league team. And there's a lot of there's a lot of cultural and feel-good moments in this. Uh, you see two people from India haven't really experienced the luxuries of the United States since they, since they come from semi-poor to not really as affluent regions in India and you really see the evolution of those two players as they help JB kind of see some of the more meaningful things in life they they show him that it's not just a business baseball that they play it for the love of the game and I really really like this movie I'm not going to spoil the ending but this is based on a true story too so props to Disney for making this work yeah I ended up watching this movie as well a while back but it was a good feel good story it was a great movie especially as an indian american i felt a lot of pride about this movie and i think cricket is a great sport that many underappreciate and make fun of but i really appreciate this movie yeah facts my number seven movie is airbud i, I know Shri already talked about this <laughs> the reason why i have it ranked higher was simply because i watched it a lot as a kid it's a movie that i remember super clearly and it's just nostalgic honestly a lot of this list for me is nostalgia more than anything. For me, nostalgia drives a lot of stuff, and I love watching movies that I cherished as a kid. Airbud was one of those. And I, again, I believe it's the MCU of sports movies. Um, not a hot take because it's true, because what other sports movie franchise is there even? So, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, dude, you're right with like the MCU of the sports the sports movie yeah, universe. I mean, maybe the quality of the movies isn't great. I, I will see that. But still, the the impact it's made on our culture. I mean, anytime you see a golden retriever, everybody's thinking, "Oh man, I wish that golden retriever could shoot a basketball like Airbud can." Dude, their so. their output numbers on their movies is unbelievable. Like, yeah, they just keep convincing. I don't, do I don't know how they get that many well trained dogs to act in their movies, but props to them. Or convincing executives that a sports movie about a dog in that many sports is a good idea. Well, you'll be surprised. Little kids love the Airbud franchise. I have a lot of little cousins that love watching Airbud, and everyone to a lot of people's houses that have like four or five of the Airbud movies on DVD when DVDs were still a thing. Oh, they'll eat so that very up. Very surprised. They'll eat that up. Yeah, it's good. I mean, everybody loves dogs, so yeah. True. All right, for six, I have a Netflix movie, or Netflix original came out last year. Um, it's called High Flying Bird, and this one was directed by Steven Soderbergh. Um, interesting fact about this movie, it was shot completely on an iPhone 8. Oh, this is that movie. Yeah, I heard Steven Soderbergh was shooting a movie. For those of you that don't know, Steven Soderbergh directed Ocean's 11, 12, and 13. Pretty famous director. Yeah, so the premise of this movie is pretty much there is an agent working in New York. The NBA is in a lockout right now, and his clients, they're, they're rookie players. And they're worried about their finances as as there's a lockout going on. They can't really play. So the agent looks for ways to kind of help with finances, help with revenue. So he sets up different events throughout New York. And they end up doing really well. But there's a lot of internal strife between the players, the families, the agents. And it really, really goes in on the relationship between an agent and a player, which I don't think is highlighted enough in sports movies. So... I really like this. There's a lot of cameos from basketball players. Uh, Reggie Jackson, Donovan Mitchell, Carl Anthony Towns, actually. Uh, shouts out to Carl Anthony Towns and his family. Hope they are hope they do better. 
But yeah, I really like this movie. Interesting take. You definitely have to be in a certain mindset to watch it. It could be a tough watch if you're not like super involved or really, really interested in basketball and kind of the behind the scenes stuff. But the fact that it was just shot on an iPhone along with the premise make it a really, really interesting movie to watch. Nice. Yeah, I've heard about this movie again. Never been able to check it out yet. I'll definitely take a look now uh, based on your shining endorsement. <laughs> and I do agree that the sports agent dynamic is is never really discussed in movies at all. I've I've talked to people who want to be sports agents, but I feel like it's something that's mythical lore. You see great sports agent like sports agents like Rich Paul in the media portrayed as kingmakers in some sense, but I feel like it's never really discussed. Mm-hmm. It was discussed on Ballers, the HBO series, but never really discussed anywhere else. So I think it's a super interesting concept. Love to give it a watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah. So my number six movie is Rocky, the classic starring Sylvester Stallone, 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. I feel like people who haven't even watched Rocky know that Rocky is about a boxer in Philadelphia. The steps in Philadelphia that Rocky runs on in his training montage are nicknamed the Rocky Steps. Super iconic movie. I watched this movie probably when I was in middle or high school, the early years of high school, simply because I heard so much about it. I feel like especially as Indian American, like uh, as a child of two immigrants, uh, my, my sports and my pop culture references were not on point. So people would always talk about Rocky. And I, I knew what it was to a certain extent. I knew it was the movie, but the boxer cop, but never really watched it. So ended up watching it. Really, really, really good movie. Great training montage. Great inspirational story. And overall, just in my opinion, one of the best sports movies, one of the best boxing movies. There's a few like Cinderella, Cinderella Man, Southpaw, The Fighter. But I think this one takes the cake because it's the OG of boxer movies. Really great. Rocky's fantastic. I actually I'll talk about it later on, but I grouped Rocky in with Creed, Creed 2 and everything for one slot. Ah, Seems unfair, yeah. but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll talk sense. about it later. Fantastic. Definitely. Movie, yeah. All right. Are we on five? Yep. Hoosiers. I had to. Um, great movie. I'm a big basketball fan. Um, growing up, dreamt of being in the NBA. The unrealistic athlete dreams were strong. And this movie kind of kind of fed me the cake and the icing too. Um, the school in the movie is ridiculously small. They barely have a basketball team. And basically, the whole movie, you're just thinking, can this school actually become state champs? And this movie is a comeback movie. It is it's a feel-good movie. A lot of feel-good movies on my list so far, but I think that's the thing with sports. They just bring us all together. It's This just shows how big Indiana basketball culture is. I can't think of a state more more entrenched in their basketball lore than Indiana, and this movie is pretty iconic. People from Indiana love their basketball. They have a lot of iconic movies and moments. Bob Knight throwing the chair, truly iconic moment in basketball history. And Hoosiers, <laughs> one of the great basketball movies. So, yeah, it's a great movie. Don't have it on my list, but... Gene Hackman is yeah. fantastic in this. For my number five movie, I have Angels in the Outfield. Not sure how many people know about this movie. It has a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> uh, it's, it was released in 1994. It's it's a Disney movie, I believe. Yeah, it, it, it is a Disney movie. And it stars Danny Glover, Tony Danza, Christopher Lloyd, who was the crazy doctor guy in Back to the Future and also stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Adrian Brody and Matthew McConaughey. So three very big stars of today were in that movie. I used to watch it all the time because it used to come on the Disney Channel all the time when I was a kid and it was a great movie. The premise of the movie is essentially there's this orphan kid that's played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt and he's orphaned. He still has contact with his dad, but his dad's, you know, kind of mean, kind of a, a bad guy. And when he asks his dad when his family will be reunited, his dad says when the Angels win the pennant, because at this point, the Angels were truly a terrible baseball team, and they're based out of Los Angeles. So then this kid, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, prays to God to make the um, that the Angels win a pennant. And essentially what happens is real-life Angels, I mean, obviously, it's it's, you know, a movie, but Angels come down into Angel games into the outfield literally and help the angels win games by making balls go faster um by you know making pitches that or hits that might not be a home run the angels will literally grab them and make them go and be a home run and the only person in the entire world who can see the angels 
is the little kid that wished for them, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. So Danny Glover plays the manager of the Angels, which is hilarious. I think he does a good job. I think he also kind of looks like Dusty Baker in the role. Um, was a pretty famous MLB manager, but it's a movie I loved as a kid. It was my first introduction to Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Danny Glover, sort of a reason why I like baseball. Whenever I watch baseball, I always think of this movie, Angels in the Outfield. I encourage everyone to give it a watch. It's pretty panned in terms of ratings, but if you just think about it like, oh, like I'm watching a movie like just to watch it for pure enjoyment factor, I guarantee you, you will love it. It is a hilarious movie. It's a feel-good movie. It's just a movie I fell in love with as a little kid, and it's the reason why I like baseball so much. So, I will give that a look despite the 33% ratings. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good movie. For sure. Um, so for my number four, I have, back to TV, I have the first season of Last Chance U. Having played sports in high school, this was a huge shock seeing how a football team practices, and especially the amount of detail they went into in each in each player's kind of story arcs. And it's weird calling it story arcs because this actually happened. But basically, the premise of this is that East Mississippi Community College is one of the most successful JUCO programs in the country. And there is a team academic advisor and her interactions with all these players. And she's kind of her. She's responsible for getting all these players to graduate on time. And they go over not only the players' lives, but the interactions with Brittany as they really work together to get their stuff together. In season one, I remember I just thought of this because the other day I ended up on some random Florida Atlantic University highlights and they went over their receivers. And I saw John Franklin the third and I remembered, oh, didn't he didn't he play for Auburn? And then it kind of spiraled back and then I saw John Franklin Auburn quarterback highlights and he played like barely in one season. And then I remembered he was on Last Chance U and I rewatched Last Chance U. The entire thing. In like three days. So I completely forgot how good a show this was. EMCC is insane for a junior college program. And for those of you who are hardcore football fans or just really like really like hard-nosed television, I recommend this if you haven't seen it. Yeah, I think it, the first season was great. I think a lot of people underappreciate how much work goes into football, even at the high school or JUCO level. I go to a school where the football program and the football culture is very big, University of Texas. Although we might not have been as successful, you know, the past few years as historically we have been still, our players and, you know, the student athletes that train train every single day for hours have to eat right. At the same time, they have to go to class. And, you know, the classes might be a blow off for some people, but some people take their degree seriously. And no matter if the classes are blow off or not, you're still trading for four or five hours a day, lifting weights, going over plays, especially during the season. It's super grueling. At the same time, they're expected to be students. So the reason why I love Last Chance U is you do, you, you get a, a great feel of how intense it is to be a student athlete, especially in the game of football, physically and mentally. And I love the interactions with the academic counselor and and the students because you know that they care about football that's the reason they're there the same time some of them you feel like yeah they want to get someone of an education too they want they don't want to fail out they want to do well enough in school to continue playing football and it's a really tough choice for them a a lot of these guys it is their last chance and if they don't go and play professional football they really don't know what they're going to do with their lives yeah i think it's a great show everyone should give it a watch it was pretty close to being on my top 10 list but yeah. The crazy thing is Ronald Ollie, one of the stars from this show, he was actually invited for the Oakland Raiders rookie minicamp and he signed with the team, but then he was cut during preseason and that was wild just having that connection. I'm a huge Raider fan and I watched this show now twice. So that was cool to see. Uh, I know CJ Rivas from the first season actually appeared in an NFL game in, I think, I don't know, I think it was 2018. Um, he was on the Col against the Colts. I forgot who he was with. I just remember the Colts were in that game, but yeah, that was pretty cool. So seeing all these players just work really hard, um, struggle for sure, but work hard to get their goals to transfer and then eventually become NFL players. Really nice to see. Yeah, definitely. My number four movie is Rudy, seventy eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Classic football movie, one of the classic football movies. A, a moment in the end of the movie that's referenced in a lot of pop culture, a lot of other movies, the Rudy moment. Essentially, Rudy is a kid, not the greatest athlete, pretty small kid, 
but he's on the practice squad and he keeps on trying and trying to get into the game, keeps on trying and trying. And finally, at the last game of the season, you know, the roster is put up and he isn't on the team and he's really sad. And I'm kind of spoiling the movie, so I guess spoiler alert, but also I'm sure this is referenced so many times that you guys have heard the ending of the story, but essentially all the players on the team go into the coach's office and put their jersey on the coach's desk and say, Rudy can play for me instead. So it's a super feel-good story, super feel-good moment, moment that's referenced in a lot of different shows and movies. I know the newsroom has a sort of Rudy moment. SNL has covered this sketch most recently with J.J. Watt, when J.J. Watt hosted just a few weeks ago or a month ago around. They replay this moment with J.J. Watt. It's hilarious. I recommend you guys check out that SNL sketch. Very, very funny. Uh, but again, a really feel-good moment, feel-good movie. I think the most iconic football movie of all time, really solidified in pop culture. And Notre Dame is heavily featured in this. For me, I, I always wondered why Notre Dame was considered such a great football school, especially considering their recent track record hasn't been great, you know, always getting to like the five best teams of the country and somehow choking it all towards the end. But when I watched this movie, I was like, okay, I sort of get it. And then reading back in Notre Dame's history, I was like, okay, wow. Yeah, they used to be a really good team. But yeah, again, just a great, great movie overall. Really feel good. And yeah. A classic. I almost had it in my top 10. Uh, the thing with Notre yeah. Dame is they're they're just so rooted in tradition. And even though they may not be, I mean, they've definitely been good as of late, but even if they haven't been as successful as their peak, like the fans and the alumni and everyone associated with that, they're, they'll they always remember the national titles, the the great times, the great seasons. So, yeah, Rudy kind of Yeah, that, that moment when Rudy's that. carried off on, on the football field. Yeah. It's just a super iconic moment in film history in general, but also in sports film history. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Moving into the top three. I have Friday Night Lights as my third, um, based off the movie or TV show. TV show. Perfect. So I, I haven't watched the movie. I actually heard about this first as a TV show. Saw it on Netflix. Like I think end of high school at some point. But yeah, you keep saying Texas football, Texas football. I keep making fun of you that no, oh, whatever. It's overrated. This is Texas football, man. Eric Taylor, Tammy Taylor, the power couple of the show. The coach of the team and his wife, they really kind of set the tone for how everything goes in the show. Um, whether it's managing the team, um, making the kids feel like they're not just part of a ruthless system of high school football. All the characters in the show are really, really well-rounded. This has pretty much all you could ask for in a TV show. Um, football, drugs, sex, music. It's... It's the ultimate high school teen edgy football drama that you would love as a sports fan. And if you're not a sports fan, you'd watch it just because of everything else. Yeah. I think I watched the first season when I was in high school and I was like, okay. And then I went to school in Texas. I went to college, but still, when I went there, I realized how big of a deal football was. In, in Texas, but high school football is almost as big of a deal as college football was. If not in bigger, Texas, man. College football is. If not People bigger. People make a huge deal of all these teams, and you have to know, like, oh, South Lake Carroll, they're, like, one of the best schools. Um, you know, Tyler, Whitehorse, that's where Patrick Mahomes went. There's all these crazy big Texas schools, and they have stadiums that are literally 10,000 people big, and people go to them. That's, like, their their entertainment on Friday night in the small local town or even in the suburbs of Houston and Dallas, you know. That's where these people go to have their enjoyment. Texas football is on another level, especially in high school. People go crazy about it in like peewee football and middle school football, but high school football, Friday Night Lights is crazy. Whenever I turn on the, the, the TV channel, local TV in Austin, on a Friday night, they'd be showing football. Most of the times it'd be a local game, but sometimes it'd be a game like that two Dallas rivals are playing. So it's just Texas football is crazy, and this is truly a great series. I I left it off on my list just because I think the latter seasons didn't tailed off weren't as great, but I think it's super iconic and it's a great series. I really love it. The drama is great, the football is great, and it really gives you like a like a feel of how big football is in Texas. They do a good job showing kind of the power dynamics even within teams, like depth charts and 
like options for games, who you have in, who's subbed out. There's a lot of a lot of the subtleties of football you don't really get. They show it well for a TV drama. So props to them. Yeah, definitely. And the the uh the show was filmed in Austin. So that's super cool. Hey. And Greg Jim was featured, which is the gym at UT was featured on the the TV show. So gotta support Austin. But yeah. <laughs> Alright. You got next. Yes, I do. And my number three sports movie of all time is Space Jam. An iconic, iconic movie. Michael Jordan, who is the co-star, the main star of the movie is Bugs Bunny. Um, <laughs> sorry, it's just really funny to say that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Looney Tunes X NBA. Truly an iconic movie. Uh, one of the first basketball movies I watched. And just an inspiration for anyone that wanted to play like Mike. I didn't grow up watching Michael Jordan. He was a bit after my time, but still, this movie cemented his legacy. People said Michael Jordan's the GOAT, and at that time, Kobe was still, you know, hadn't won his fourth or fifth ring, and LeBron was just entering the league 2006, 2007, 2008. Uh, so people were still, you know, solely on the argument, yeah, Michael's the GOAT, and that was undisputed. Didn't watch him, so didn't know, and then watched this movie, and it, it's not the greatest movie. It has a four three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So, you know, from a movie standpoint, yeah, obviously there's a lot of flaws, but from an entertainment standpoint, it's hilarious. It's a really, really good movie. Cements Michael Jordan's status, and yeah, he's the goat. It's a great movie, a great sports movie. Hilarious. You know, it wasn't the seventy two and ten. It wasn't the five championships. This movie really just cemented his status, right, as a legend. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. This, this all movie the... was like, like you know. Have, having a shoe line named after him, whatever, five championships, whatever, you know, 72 and 10, whatever. This movie was like, oh, wow, because he, he entered the pop culture Hall of Fame. I mean, I thought Endgame was a great crossover. And then Looney Tunes and Michael Jordan just reminds us that there is nothing too radical you can expect from a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love Looney Tunes. So personally, I, I this was really just like everything. I, I watched the Looney Tunes show whenever it came on Cartoon Network. So I love... Looney Tunes, I love basketball, so it was like a really good crossover for me. I really enjoyed it, man. I really wanted to put this on my list, but I, I, it's a very, very mediocre movie. <laughs> no, it's it's an incredibly mediocre movie. It's like really middle of the road. It's not that great of a movie, but it's too iconic to pass up. Fair. I still watch it. Whenever it's on TV or whenever I get the chance, I'll watch it. It's hilarious. The Monstars, dude. Yeah. All right. I have Creed, Creed 2. And Rocky as my second slot. <laughs> I put all of those similar slash same franchise. Put them all in one lump. Couldn't put Rocky 2 in there, man? I don't remember Rocky 2 well enough, dude. Oh, okay. Then never mind. Sorry. I, I think it's just because I saw Rocky 1 recently. Okay. If you, you want to throw it in there, go for it. But Michael B. Jordan did a great job continuing that franchise with Creed and Creed 2. His acting is impeccable. Uh, I've seen a lot of the training videos he's posted about getting in shape for that role and kind of really showing showing all of us watching what it takes to professionally box and conquer your rival. All the characters in this are really developed. Really, really... I I, I don't have much to say about this. It's It's a very iconic series. And I'm sure a lot of you guys actually have watched in some form one of these movies but yeah i i don't want to say too much about it i just want to let you guys watch it if you haven't yeah i really encourage everyone to watch rocky rocky 2 creed and creed 2 when when creed first came out people were really skeptical that like it couldn't live up to the to the hype of of what rocky was and the allure of rocky is seen as one of the greatest sports movies of all time but it really did ryan cooler did a great job directing and michael b jordan did a great job acting Sylvester Stallone came back and I think overall it's just a great movie it really gives you a piece of what Philadelphia is but also just that that rocky spirit that, that you find in Creed so also a great movie. Apollo Creed is one of one of the best names I can think of truly truly all right so my number two movie is the Mighty Ducks I know I said that Miracle is the cream of the crop in terms of hockey movies I don't know why I said that because Mighty Ducks is the cream of the crop of hockey movies I really love this movie. And again, it's just a big nostalgia factor for me. 
I love Emilio Estevez, but also this movie used to come on the, the Disney Channel all the time. So did D2, but I like this movie better because it's, it's the original, the first one. Pretty hilarious. I think it's pretty funny. It's sort of like slap, slapstick kid comedy, but uh, slapstick. Just, in my opinion, a great movie. Good pun. Good hockey pun. Was that? Were you going for that? Of course I was going for that, dude. Shut up. Definitely. I'm not going to argue that. It's Any of these movies in the top 10, I could switch around the order and it really wouldn't matter. Like I can switch around everything for me except my number one, but... No, I'm going to throw my one in there, too. It, it definitely can be flipped. I have Moneyball as my one. Um, before Moneyball came out, I guess the whole concept of small market team achieving all that success was, like, how are they doing that? It's really hard to see. Very not transparent. I kind of thought Billy Bean was this mythical figure who was just pulling strings behind. Turns out he was. <laughs> we just had to see it. Um, really revolutionized the whole concept of doing the most with the le- with the least um i remember in those years with zito uh who else molder they had they rattled off i think the al record for wins and no one could figure out how they were doing it why it was happening unfortunately won, what 21 consecutive games in a row 22 ridiculous i mean what what was it the indians who who broke it recently or came close. I, I, yeah, it was the Indians who were also using Moneyball. So yeah, small market teams, dude. I'm telling you, Billy Bean changed the game of baseball, and the A's will never get the appreciation that the Giants do just because they are in Oakland. They are a smaller market. Not enough people really put them on that national stage. But they've been good as of late. Just can't get out of the wild card game, and Moneyball and that whole philosophy is one of the reasons that they're never in rebuild for too long they're always thinking of the next thing unfortunately the problem with moneyball and that whole philosophy is they'll trade players too easily they'll get rid of players they're afraid to make those long-term contracts but hey we saw that with suspenders i will never get over that trade all right i'm gonna break i'm gonna break this for a minute i can't believe they traded for lester that year they were one of the best teams in the league cruising they went through a small slump and decided yep we're trading Cespedes. Let's get Leicester. Let's make this playoff run. Build the lead in the wild card game. Lose to the Royals. Did the Royals win it that year? Or did was they, that 2014? Did they lose to the Giants? Oh, no, they did lose to the Giants. I think it was 2014. The Royals won in 2015. Yeah, but that trade but will haunt the me. The A's played them again in 2015, didn't they, in the wild card? No, no, no. Not, no, no, no. I don't think so. Because the A's made the playoffs 12, 13, and 14, and they missed it 15, okay, 16, yeah, yeah, 17, right. I think. But yeah. Worst trade in baseball. Don't convince me otherwise. I mean, as not even an A's fan, I was like, why did they do this? It makes no sense whatsoever. Did not pan out for them. And Suspedes did a, you know, he kind of trailed off, honestly. He didn't do super well after that. Yeah, unfortunate. I think that was more not his fault. I think he would have done great on the A's if he continued. He's a fan. Actually, looking back at it, Suspedes hasn't really performed as well as he was during the A's. Dude, he was a fan favorite. He was an all-star. I think he was... No, I don't know if he was an all-star, but he was very close to that level. He was an all-star, I think so. With the A's? Maybe. Yeah, for sure. I think so. But yeah. But... Anyways, the movie. Um, Yeah, like you said, Jonah Hill in a serious acting role is something to watch. He is really talented, and people just always remember him for 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street, but the guy is amazing. Literally any one of his other roles, but yeah. Brad... Pitt, Chris Pratt, and Jonah Hill in the same movie is remarkable. Yeah. Really, really good stuff. All right. Who do you have as one? I'm really surprised you didn't have this in your top 10. Again, my, my list is really built on nostalgia, and there's no movie, sports movie specifically, that has defined my life more than the movie Cool Runnings. Oh, the Jamaican the... bobsled team! Yes, no, the Jamaican bobsled team. I can't team. believe I forgot that. So, this is a 1993 American movie made by Disney, I believe. Yeah, made by Disney. And essentially, it it details what happened during the 1988 Winter Olympics, which happened in Calgary. So, essentially, uh, there was this bobsledder, this American bobsledder, who was on the bobsled team in 72, or, sorry, uh, 74 and 78. That doesn't make any sense. 76 and 80. 
yeah, 76 and 80. He was on those two American bobsled teams. And he goes to Jamaica, essentially convinces four Jamaican guys. There's no snow in Jamaica. They have no idea what bobsledding is. And he convinces them to create a bobsled team. They train, they train, they train with old sleds that they build themselves and borrow from other teams that aren't using them anymore. They qualify to the Olympics. And they're sort of on a trajectory to potentially do really well. But sadly, their their uh, their sled breaks because it's it's too old and it's almost broken. Essentially. So it breaks in the middle of their final run. They don't technically finish the Olympics, but everybody loves them. They're a fan favorite. And they come back four years later and they're accepted as equals. Everyone's like, these guys are real bobsledders now. They train a lot better. And now Jamaica has a legitimate bobsledding program. It's not as good as the United States per se, but still... For a country with no snow, they have a bobsledding program, a bobsledding track. And the reason why I love this movie so much is uh, I watched it in seventh grade in, in Miss um, Foster. Yeah, Miss Foster's class, Miss Foster's history class. Me and Aditya, me and Shree went to the, the, the same middle school, Thornton Middle School, Thornton Junior High, sorry. <laughs> and Miss Foster, who taught history, showed us this movie. I genuinely remember nothing about Miss Foster's history class other than watching this movie. Like, I really remember nothing. Except this. I was clearing out my room the other day. I saw all the the binders with like the the table of contents for all the work we had in that See, class. I don't remember any of that. I literally just remember watching this movie and all of us, all of us friends, just say, "Oh yeah, we are Jamaica. We are the bobsled team." Like <laughs> it was just really an iconic movie as a kid. And then in seventh grade, and I think in eighth grade or seventh grade, the uh, the twenty ten Winter Olympics in Vancouver happened, and I got the video game on the Wii Mario and Sonic at the Winter Olympic Games, and in that game you could play all the Winter Olympic events as characters from the Mario universe and Sonic universe. And we used to play that as kids all the time on the Wii. And we used to play bobsledding all the time. So like that even drilled it even more of why I love this movie. And I really like bobsledding. I think it's a great sport, super underrated. I watched it in 2010. I watched it in 2014 in Sochi. I genuinely enjoy watching. I watched in 2018 as well, bobsledding and skeleton. It's kind of a meme with some of my friends. One time in middle school or high school, they asked me, what am I doing? I'm like, I'm watching bobsledding. Like, who the hell watches bobsledding? I'm like, I'm me. it's me. I watch bobsledding, of course. And the reason is because of Cool Runnings, which I think is a criminally underrated movie. Has a terrible percentage on Rotten Tomatoes, something like 31%, I think. Or, what? No, it has 76%. Never mind. It's a, it's a good, it's a critically acclaimed movie. That's what I 76% thought. 76% so, Rotten Tomatoes is pretty good. Th- that's what's surprising because this movie, this movie is actually really good. It has a good, wholesome, a really good development of how that program came to be. And we just yeah. made it a meme in seventh grade. So, I mean, I love this movie because I think compared to a lot of other sports movies, it gives you a perspective on something different. Like, I had no idea this happened. And I probably would have had no idea this happened unless I watched this movie. It gave me perspective on the sport of bobsledding, mm-hmm. but also uh, the story of a very unlikely sports team coming together. It's truly an underdog story in all sense of the word because there's not even snow in Jamaica. Jamaica is literally hot all the time. So it's how how do these guys even train? They train without snow. That's what right? this so it's, this movie is definitely one of those things you need but never asked for. Yeah, you guys should really watch it. It's on Disney Plus. It was the second thing I watched when I got Disney Plus. So, really encourage every single person that's listening to watch that movie. It's a great movie. It's a feel good movie. It's why I love bobsledding, and I think it's really, in my opinion, the greatest sports movie of all time. And I don't care what anyone says. I will not disagree. I'm making that song the outro for this episode. Okay, let's do it. It's happening. Hopefully not get copyrighted. No, no, we'll be fine. We'll we'll do something for it. We'll be fine. All right. I think that's it for today. Um, Thanks again for listening. If you got this far, you're a real one. We we love to get that 13% full episode rate up. So let us know if you have any ideas on how we can be more engaging, how we can create better content for you guys. If you want to be on the pod again, just contact either me or Ani. We're more than happy to let you on, talk about whatever you want. We're looking at expanding out of just sports. So like today, it was really good talking movies and TV. I know Ani loves to talk about that kind of stuff too. So I'm very cultured like that, yeah. Yeah, we're definitely looking to keep this growing. And once again, thank you for all the publicity and support we will be making our donation soon towards the fight against coronavirus helping out these healthcare workers and yeah yeah i think posting about that on our instagram so you guys can check it out yep we will definitely update you guys on how that goes thank you guys for listening 
if you guys want to sponsor us, please do. Any potential sponsors out there, please sponsor us. I'm recording in my garage, in my van, with my phone as my recorder. Shri is doing the same with his <laughs> in his car in the garage with the recorder as his phone. So we are, this is a very jank setup, but we're making it work. Uh, so if anybody wants to sponsor us. We have some, well, we'll announce it next episode. We have some exciting sponsor news. Yeah. Exciting stuff um, coming. But if anybody else wants to sponsor us, uh, we'll be gladly taking sponsor requests. Email us at podcast.lockedin at gmail.com. DM us at our Instagram. Our Instagram is podcast.lockedin. Forgot to announce that in the beginning, but please follow our Instagram, podcast.lockedin. We'll be posting content. Share it with your friends. Yep. Just get it yep. out there. So once again, thank you guys for listening. We really, really appreciate it. Stay safe. Wash your hands. And... Have a good rest of your day, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening. Wash your hands, people. Peace. Wash your hands. Enough people standing on the gap leaf. The main guy we have a bobsled team. Everyone's